Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I don't really know how to say this, but I'm having a problem. and I thought maybe you might help me out. I mean, if I'm the only person you're going to talk to about this, it's either a problem that is easy to solve or is so embarrassing you can't tell anyone else. You know, as you know, lockdown has not been kind to the Barnet. I didn't want to say, no, but I understand, yeah. You know, I decided to start growing my hair during lockdown and it's at a stage now where I don't really know what to do. And I thought, you know, maybe you could give me some styling tips. You know, you seem to have quite controlled hair. How do you deal with this? You know what? The secret is, I've been having covert haircuts. Uh, That's what's happened. (gasps) Because I was doing Dancing on Ice, I walked in one day and they went, no, 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 absolutely not. And got my hair cut by one of the makeup people. Oh my God, amazing. That's the secret is I've been able to have haircuts because it was so appalling, they had to get it cut as an emergency situation. Okay, I started to cut my own hair the other day. And how did that go? I got the scissors out and I trimmed the sideburns, right? And I thought, hmm, I'm pretty sure I could do it job here on the sides a little bit yeah you'd be fine but then i remembered some body shaving incidents that i've had where i've had a little trim up and ended up bald as a baby and i was like i know where this is going to end up this is going to go bad so i stopped myself put the scissors down and i will wait for a professional you know what you're doing yourself a disservice i think it looks quite good your fringe is quite straight it's got a bit of busted as they were coming into their more serious phase about it i think did Busted have a coming into that more serious face? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's happening in 2024 with this haircut. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. We're on our way. Ewan Thomas is on the podcast this week. Ewan Thomas, MBE. Apologies. He's our first ever MBE, our first ever Olympian. Our first sportsman of any kind. Yeah, first, first proper sportsman. Yeah. You know what? I liked having a sportsman because he's definitely one of the lads, isn't he? Like, he absolutely is one of the lads. Did he make you feel inadequate, Matt? No, no, no. He made me no. feel like one of the lads. Did he? Yeah, yeah, Even at the end of the podcast, he's like, we'll all go out for a drink after the pandemic's happened. It's going to be well good. Yeah, I know. I don't think he knows that I can't drink. He's invited me a couple of times. Whoa, what do you mean he's invited you a couple of times? He's not invited me a couple of times. Oh, I've got voicemails, messages, you know, like invites. I can drink. I would love to go. Well, he hasn't done that to you, Matt. Oh, Oh, what a wasted shot there on old Mr. Sobriety over here. Yeah. Anyway, he was a great guest, wasn't he? He really was a fantastic guest. Yeah, he was really good fun. And you know what? I love his extra confession. Yeah. So if you want to hear that, head over to patreon.com forward slash WNOW, sign up and enjoy that. Here's you and Thomas. This is where no one's watching. The podcast where celebrities confess their guilty pleasures. And then we decide whether they're good, bad. Crack on and stop feeling embarrassed about it. Or bad, bad. Go straight to bed, no tea, and think about what you've done. 
You might be asking why they tell us these things, and it's basically because we are guilty pleasures, aren't we? I'm Matt Richardson, uh, Heat Magazine's Weird Crush of the Year. And I'm Matt Willis, from Busted. Yeah, I know, yeah. Hello everyone, welcome to When No One's Watching. Hello Matt, how are you? I'm brilliant, how are you? Amazing. Um, I'm very excited about today because we've gone into new territory in the podcast today because, you know, we've had celebrities, we've had singers, we've had comedians, we've had actors, but we've never had a sportsman on. We've never had an Olympian on and we are ticking that off. We've also never had someone with an MBE on. I know, I know. It's a lot of stuff going on today, so I'm very excited. Yeah, I'm very, very excited. I know this guy a bit. I met him a couple of times and I'm very excited. I also love his Instagram. He's very, very, very hilarious. Well, let's let's get him on then. Go on, Matt, you do the honours. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. Ewan Thomas. Hi. I, I've, I'm lucky that I thought you were going to say, please welcome Chris Akabusi. I thought you phoned the wrong athlete. <laughs> <laughs> when you said he's very... He, he's, He's very hilarious on Instagram. It's got to be the boosty. But no, honestly, guys, thank you so much for inviting me on. It's an absolute joy. Pleasure. No, it's, I mean, it's really exciting. I mean, it's great to have you on. And, um, you know, obviously, how's your year been? It's been mental, but are you keeping yourself busy at least? Yeah, I'm, tr- I'm trying to be a bit productive because I'm one of those people who have to be busy. Because if I don't, I dwell on things and, and I overthink. So I've become like a gardener. I've become a decorator. I'm literally the DIY king of my village. I, I'm doing everything just to try and keep busy. I'm not good at it, mind you, but I'm just doing it. Who put the thing up that's behind you? Oh, that wasn't me, no. no. <laughs> oh, right. I was going to say, because that's a pretty good job. Yeah, they did. Well, it, it, from a distance, it's all right. There's got a lot of nails holding that onto the wall. But yeah, that was some builders who did that. <laughs> I, um, I've got this thing, right? So we've, I've, I've done a bit of DIY in lockdown, but anything that's kind of half big that we've had to do, I'm terrible at hanging things on walls, like mirrors, TVs. I just can't do it. So every time we've had to do one of those this year, we've hired like a handyman to come and do it. But I hide so he doesn't see me and think that I'm the least masculine man on the planet. Because there's nothing worse than another man coming into your house and doing the manly jobs, is there? Like, it makes you feel like an absolute dickhead. Especially when it takes them literally seconds to do and you know it would have taken you five attempts to get it straight. And they just come in with a spirit level, a drill, boom, boom, and it's done. And you feel such a dick because you're like, oh, my God. I'm so rubbish. I tried to put a TV on the wall. It took me three hours and it was it was at like almost a 45 degree angle. And my dad, I had to call my dad and be like, can you come around and do this? Because like, it's really bad. I've never had a scathing look like it. The only time I've had a look like that is when I told my dad I wanted to be a professional comedian. Like that is the only <laughs> time he's been more disappointed than me not being able to put oh. a telly on the wall. Anyway, very excited to have you on. Yes. How do you feel about confessing these things you're going to confess today? I feel okay because the subjects I've given you are, are on limit. I think they're all right. They, okay. they could have been worse, if I'm honest. <laughs> really? I'm going to incriminate myself. <laughs> I think we'll get to the worst ones at yeah, some we'll point. we'll get them out of you at some point. Yeah, probably. Yeah, we'll, we'll squeeze them out. I'm not saying being a sports person is the same as being in a, in a band or a comedian, but you know, you, you travel around. We've probably had very similar lives in many ways. There's, yeah. there's stories you feel all right about telling and there's stories you hunt percent can't tell so yeah. hopefully we're not <laughs> going to go into those ones obviously when you go into things like because you know all the people all my mates who played sport played things like rugby and stuff and there's a lot of weird things to talk about in those like is it the same in sports when you're doing the olympics and in track and field where you're going out and it's like loads of chaos is going on and you're all doing weird stuff together not like not to the extent of rugby players but i mean everyone everyone wants to know about the olympic village and does it really go off as much as people say and honestly it kind of does <laughs> depends what you like you get different type of olympians you'll have some olympians who literally dedicate their lives and rightly so to their craft and you know they eat breathe, sleep their sport, and that is it. And then you'll have other people who, when they finish their event, they like to let their hair down. And I'd say out of all of the track events, 400-meter runners, we are the nutty ones because our event is 
probably the toughest. You know, we train hard, yeah. we play hard. So yeah, it's horrible. It's awful. 400 metres is the worst one. Yeah, it's horrible. It's horrible. Apart from us, I think swimmers are the ones, because always in the Olympics, the swimming is in the first week. So that's over quite soon. And then basically they just live it up in the Olympic Village coming in really late at night. But I think the Olympic Village, once you've finished your event, bearing in mind as, as an athlete, let's take, for example, the Sydney Olympics. You're away for over a month. You're a month before to acclimatise and get over jet lag and so forth. Then you do your event and you're surrounded by beautiful people. Let's be honest. You're surrounded yeah. by adolescents. Yeah, fair enough. So like, you know, you're all in your 20s. You've been away from a home for a long time. You've done your event. It's either gone really well, so you want to celebrate and have a good time, or you've messed up and you just want to go out and have a good time. So the Olympics, if you're that way inclined, is a, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can have a great time. Brilliant. Do you have a good laugh when you're on the track with other members in the GB team? Does that all is that all good there? Yeah, I I did, I did. <laughs> I used to really enjoy like just once again, you know, you train really, really hard, and, and and for my event, it's over in 44 seconds. You know, you mess it up, you don't get a second chance. So I kind of like led my life, I think, the right way. I really enjoyed it. But me and Jamie Balls, for example, we were teammates roommates and we also did the same event but we were really good mates and one of the stories I probably wasn't going to talk about but I think we should touch on here is Absolutely. me and Jamie used to call each other something so we used to play a little game where you're in the Olympic Village and all the Americans would be the loud ones so when they come into the dinner hall they're like yo whoa 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 you know all that yo shh, do one so we'd do a little thing where we'd sit amongst them and we'd say who could say a swear word the loudest so you'd start off with Jamie maybe over that side and he'd say a, a particular four-letter word, which isn't a good one. It's probably the worst swear word. Okay. He'd say it under his breath. And then you've got to go a little bit louder. The next person's a little bit louder. And in the end, you're standing on a table and you're screaming it out. <laughs> anyway, fast forward to 1998 season. We're at the Commonwealth Games in Kuala Lumpur. And um, it was the semi-final of the 400 metres. Jamie Balsh was in lane two. I was in lane four. And just before they blow a whistle, you take your kit off and then you hear on your marks or whatever language it's in, wherever you are. And just before we got into our blocks, I walked down to his lane. I said, Jamie, just stick with me. I'll get you through to the final. Because I was in the shape of my life and, and he was having an okay season. Yes. And I said, Jamie, just come with me to 300 metres. You're going to make the final. He said, yeah, 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 yeah. I said, I'm going to go off hard, yeah? Just stick with me. He goes, I've got it. So anyway, gun goes. I'm running down the back straight. I'm feeling great. I come off the top bend with about 110 metres to go. And I hear above all the crowd, really clearly, someone scream, you and your cat, and the word, yeah, you and your and, and I'm like, did I just, and I'm thinking, did I, did I just hear that? We're in the semi-final. You've got the Jamaican athletes trying to run us down. And I look around and Jamie's going like that, nodding at me. And I'm like, I actually wave, I said, you want it? Let's go. And basically we, we run up the home straight. And it's an amazing example of how in anything in life, I think when, when you're relaxed, you'll perform at your best. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I went through the finish line and I thought, oh, I must have run about 45-3 yeah, nice and relaxed. I'd run a Commonwealth Games record. I'd run 44-6 in the semi-final, talking to Jamie. In fact, yes. calling Jamie a... <laughs> and you know what? Anyway, we, did not know that, we didn't actually know the magnitude of what had happened until we went back to the village that night for dinner. Amazing. And, and the All Blacks Rugby Sevens stood up and gave us a stand innovation. And I was like, what's going on here? Amazing. Because what had happened, they'd played it around the village on the live feed and they'd taken the Australian commentary of it. Yeah. And apparently they'd dubbed it. They'd dubbed, obviously, over us swearing, and they'd got Jamie going, you and you fancy the cinema? And I'm like, no, <laughs> let's go and get some fish and chips. And we're, like, talking up the home straight. Anyway, the sort of sad bit about that story is the next day we had the final, and I'd clearly run a little bit too fast, although I thought I, w I was relaxed. And I, I, I ended up... I ended up still winning it in a Commonwealth and another record. And Jamie came fourth. He just missed out on a on a on a medley. Oh, no, he ran slower. 
than he did oh. in the semi-final calling me a see you next Tuesday. You know what though? The secret, what you should have done, you should have put someone in lane six calling him a cunt and then it would have been, it would have sped him up <laughs> <Yeah>. as well. <laughs> I didn't know we could say the cunt word. You just said it for me, Matt. No. <laughs> Look, mate, it's a podcast. These are the Wild West of broadcast. You can do whatever the <laughs> fuck you like. And another quick one from the, from those Commonwealth games. So I ended up winning the 400 metres and it, and it ended a great season for me. And the next day we had to come back and run the relay. And bearing in mind, my Welsh teammates, and I'll say this with respect, we had three very good athletes and one okay one. So um, we were up against it for a medal. Anyway, I, t- I, I took the bat and I think we're in about fifth place. And I ended up getting us round and we got a bronze and we were delighted. Anyway, we, went, we all got drugs tested and then we ended up having a couple of beers at the warm-up track. Before we know it, our team manager said, you've missed the last bus back to the village. And we're like, fuck, what are we going to do? So I, to this day, I don't know how we did it. But one of the athletes, Paul Gray, I saw like, a, like the equivalent of a St. John's ambulance. Like there was an ambulance crew at the warm-up track and they were packing up for the night. And I called them over and in sort of like broken English, I sort of said to them and tried to explain, my friend, he's hurt. And so this athlete, Paul Gray, was, was limping and sort of crying. And I said, Ham, hamstring, he's done his hamstring. Please, can, can we have a lift? And they gave us a lift and they were driving and they went, hospital, hospital. And I was going, no, no, just take us to the village. It's fine. And literally got out the back of this ambulance, the four of us have just done a relay. And like literally Paul Gray just stood up and went, it's a miracle. And we all started sprinting off. But like, <laughs> we, blagged, we blagged a lift back in an ambulance to the Olympic village. Yeah. Oh my God. Amazing. Absolute legendary. Um, well, let's, I think we should just crack on then. I think you'll have some great ones. Can we have your first confession, please? Okay. It's a confession, but I'm quite proud of it in a strange way. Basically, when I'm away a lot, and you'll both probably understand this, you're in hotels, it's not rock and roll, you get a bit lonely, you get a little bit bored. Yeah. So I went through a stage of when I ordered room service, I have like an alter ego, I have uh, like an old man called Derek. So just to get bored, I I, I phone room service and I put put on this voice as this this lonely elderly man. So his name is Derek and he he goes a little bit like this. He'll be like, hello, is that that, that room service? Can I ask a spicy chicken? How spicy, spicy? I'm not very good at spice. And they'll go, oh, oh, hello, sir. And they, and they, I've had people also say, no problem, madam. They think I'm a woman. But the worst thing is, when I first did it, it then clicked in my head, hang on a minute, there's a chance that the person who took the order will deliver it. And they did. So I had to, <laughs> I had to in person, carry it going. So like, literally, I'm like, when they come up to my room, I'm like, oh, 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 oh hello, very kind of you to bring it to my room. And I, it's just got to a stage where I sort of dare myself to put on a funny voice and see if I can keep it going. So, yeah, so when I order room service, just to entertain myself, I order as a, an elderly man called Derek. That is amazing. I love that. That is absolutely brilliant. I mean, what if you're, um, for instance, phoning a takeaway? Have you ever done the same thing? I've not with the takeaway. No, I've not tried that. Right. But the problem is the takeaways around where I order, they know me. So, like, right. they know, I'd be yeah. probably, you know, they'd be a bit weirded out when they came to my <laughs> yeah. door and it was me. But... If I'm honest, the only reason I first tried it, I checked into a hotel and, and I, I 100% knew that I'd be cool with it. I just, when I checked in, they were, they, I don't know, they just seemed really nice. And I just thought, I'm bored. I'm going to just put a voice on. And, and I recorded it. I think I'd put it on my Instagram and I, I, people love it. Like, bring back Derek. So I quite often will, <laughs> will be this man called, 
called Derek. I mean, I'd, lo- I'd love to have the skill of being able to do lots of great voices, like, you know, yeah. in, in impersonations and stuff. But I'm not good at that. I can do accents a little bit, but the Derek one is just one when I'm on my own. I quite, I quite like to bring Derek out of the box, really. Oh, my God. I don't, I don't know if that's a bad confession or what. It's just, it's really for my entertainment. I think the thing is, I love that you, you know, at a big hotel, it doesn't matter, does it? Because they're not going to see you. But at a small one, I like the risk of being caught. Like, because, <laughs> because at least that, you know, some bored 19-year-old, working in a hotel is going to be like fucking hell that guy in that room's putting on a voice like he's being absolutely mental and they all get a nice conversation out of it i do this when i'm away i don't do it to room service and things but i make up if i'm chatting to quite often i travel alone a lot and if i'm in a hotel bar or something and you end up chatting to someone sat next to you normally happens in america not so much here i will make up a whole different life for myself just because i'm like well i mean i'm bored you'll have the same thing if you're in a band or if you're an athlete like a, or a broadcaster like you are now, you know, people want to ask the same questions about it over and over again. So I'm always like, I'll make up a new job. So my favorite one is I tell people I work for a plastics company um, and we make plastic pellets that they turn into sex toys. I'm sort of down the line of the sex toy sort of, you know, production. And I do, I do all sorts of jobs like that. So because I'm bored, I'm in a hotel, I'm alone and I'm bored. What, what if you get caught though? What if you end up chatting to someone who, who also works in plastics and they start talking to you about the melting point of plastic? And, and they're like, oh my God. I've, luckily, I've never, I've never had that, but that would be an issue, isn't it? That is a risk that you're going to have. Or someone pulls out one of your sex toys from their bag. Like and goes, one of well, these? This one, you made this. <laughs> yeah. I'll be like, hang on, have you just, have you just nicked that out of my bag, you bellows? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I do it all the time. Like I make up different But your jobs. jobs are pretty cool anyway. Well, I'd be more interested in just talking about... Yeah, you know, people just... always want to ask. They're always, they always want to know the same things. Like it's always like, tell us a joke, blah, blah, blah. So in the end, I'm yeah. just like, I can't be bothered yeah. to talk about comedy anymore. It's, so I just... For my own amusement, I just make up new people. Like I'm a new person for the evening while I'm talking to whoever at the bar. And then I go off and I'm like, see you later. Bye. Talking about being different people. This isn't even on my list of confessions, but this is something I think is quite cool in a way. But I get mistaken so much. And I don't know why, because he's like 10 years younger than me. And I'll definitely take it. But Greg Rutherford and me, I get mistaken for Greg all the time. So much so. Really? I've even gone along with it. So I remember in 2012, I went to Cape Town for like a four or five day little trip. And I'm running up this thing called Lionhead Mountain. It's a short little, it's a poor man's table mountain. And I'm near the top and these couples stop me. go, oh my God, what an athlete you are. And I'm thinking, yep, still got it. (laughs) They go, do you mind if we have a photo? I said, of course. And they said to me, we love Super Saturday. What a joy. And I went, all right. They're like, cheers, Greg. And I honestly, I've had it there. I even had it I went on holiday with uh, the missus's family and we're walking to a restaurant and this guy come up to me and he was like oh my god pleasure to have you here I said oh thanks very much table for four and he went no no I don't work here I'm just on the way to the toilet but lovely to meet you and I'm like yeah cool and her dad goes isn't it lovely people still remember you from the late 90s and stuff like it must be nice I said, yeah it's lovely and he leans over and he said I don't want to bother you now but at the end of the meal can I get a photo with my family I said yeah of course you can he goes we love athletics I went no problem anyway at the end of the meal I'm hearing their conversation and the little kid's going to his dad I can jump, can't I, Dad? I'm a good jumper. Thinking, Why is the boy talking about jumping? Who gives a shit about jumping? At the end of the meal, the guy comes up to me and he goes, um, lovely to meet you, Greg. 
love love, love your long jump. You're you're amazing. And I'm like, oh my god. So quite often I will get it. Do you do you correct them or do you just play along with it? Well, I normally play along with it. And the one time I've had to correct them, I was at Heathrow Airport, and this woman literally ran over to me, fell to her knees, and went, "Oh my god, I can't believe I've met you. You're my favourite athlete." And once again, I'm thinking, "Oh, she loves the 400 meters." And she goes, <laughs> "I've even written," she said, "I've even written a children's book about long jumping." And I, I've got to stop. You. Oh my god, <laughs> you think I'm Greg, don't you? She goes, "Well, you, you are Greg," and I went, "Well, you, you haven't done your research because I'm not." I think people just get confused. I don't. I think we've got similar colouring. I mean, you do look not dissimilar Ish. yet. Yeah, I suppose. I, yeah. I get it all the time. It happens to me a lot. People think I'm Matt Edmondson, the Radio 1 DJ, right. uh, because we've we've both got similar names. We've both done like the same jobs. Matt Willis is laughing because I'm, I love not, it. I'm not sensitive about it, but um, when, people, <laughs> when people think I'm Matt Edmondson, I'm really rude to them. So they leave and they go, that Matt Edmondson's a fucking prick, isn't he? And, like, <laughs> give him a bad name. Like, that's what I do, you know, just put in like, just, just say something slightly sexist and they're like, do you knew that Matt Edmondson was a sexist? Like that—that's that's how I deal with it. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. I don't really get that. All I get is I'm that bloke from McFly. Do you get that? I just get that a lot. Which you sort of half are, though. I aren't kind you? of am in a weird way. Because you're busted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're yeah, fine. Mate. That saying. isn't inaccurate. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I'm just happy that anyone recognises me anymore. Like that's me. I'm just chuffed about it. I'm just like, yeah, Matt Edmondson. <laughs> now I want to know more about Derek. Yeah. Like, so do you have a backstory for him? Do you know anything about him, or is it just a voice? It's just a. voice. Voice. I just, I was just really bored. I, I think actually what had happened, you know, when you've got a bit of a frog in your throat and I, I answered, when they answered, I went, hello. And I, so I, I thought, oh, my voice sounded weird. I'll keep it going. So I, I just sort of kept going. And I think the first one, I actually, they were, I said, do you do that special Coca-Cola, the, the, the zero one? Because, oh, Maureen, she says I'm putting on a little bit of weight and I need to watch my weight. <laughs> and I, I, just, I just liked him. I just liked him as a man. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. he was quite a softly spoken, polite gentleman. Do you find that people open up more to Derek on the phone and they're more responsive to him than they are to you? Are they kinder to him? They're definitely kinder to him. Yeah, they, they explain everything. So like, when, when it would be something like, you know, a spicy chicken wings and I say, how spicy? Spicy, spicy. Instead of them sort of going, well, spicy, isn't it, mate? They sort of go, oh, it's kind of medium heat. You know, they, they're quite nice. I feel yeah. quite nice because I, I, I'm quite. F- Derek, I said I. Derek's quite frail and he doesn't. Go, <laughs> he doesn't go away. He doesn't go away very often. So he needs a bit of support and guidance when he's away getting room service. So yeah. So has anyone ever found you out? Has anyone ever called you out? No, they they, they definitely give me some weird looks when they bring the, the food to my room and they think that voice does not match. It's customer service though, isn't it? Yeah. They can't call you out. Yeah. Well, no, just because you never know. I might be, I don't know, I might be schizophrenic or something. I, I, I don't know, but they can't, they don't say that's not you, is it? So I just keep the voice going. Or it could be your dad who's in the bathroom. It could you be. Know, you could be there with someone else. Yeah. yeah. yeah but I guess, yeah. would you be tempted to expand into other characters? I think, yeah, I think it's, I think Derek needs a, a playmate. Yeah. Definitely, I've got. I, I need, in fact, maybe I should spend in lockdown doing my voices. This is the time. Yeah, maybe I should like try and earn a new art, new living. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. You'll be on Britain's Got Talent next year, doing impressions yeah. of different people. <laughs> so with Derek, so he's an old guy. Would would you maybe expand him? Like you know, maybe he's got a lover of some sort, male or female, that you could have in the room with Ooh, him. You know, something that would be yeah. good. Oh, then you could bring other people in. That would be good. So you could do multiple voices in you could one do, call. You could be like, you know, if you want to order a few things, go. Yeah. Oh my god, Maureen, Maureen, and then you have Maureen who goes, "Hang on, you're going to speak to my." wife and you can pass over that is great i'll end up being like what's that what's that that film split i'm gonna have to have about 38 yeah. different people <laughs> yeah, in yeah. <laughs> that's a good shout so i could even take it a step further and i could be derek having an affair oh my I've god my, amazing my, my, my little lady with me maureen isn't my wife i love it so i could almost be like shh, 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 hang on one minute you you're not hearing this maureen maureen what do you like with your chips 
I like ketchup, Derek. I don't know, maybe I could like just take it <laughs> yeah. a bit further. I love how quickly you've jumped into Derek's backstory there. That he's a very sweet yeah. old man, but he is having an affair. He is having an affair. Yeah, I love that's it. why he's in a dodgy hotel getting room service at eleven o'clock <laughs> at night. <laughs> that's great. Good old Derek. Do you do anything like this, Matt, to keep yourself uh, interested? on tour um like we we used to like make up stories all the time in interviews because the band would do like when you're doing press for a single back in the day it would just be relentless for days of just boring yeah interviews asking the same question so we kind of we then just start to make up answers you know like um what's this song about well it's about um james's mum or something you know we go into that but um but then you then then you get caught out in another interview because then you go um, you said that this song was about James's mum. In what way would that be? <laughs> then you'd have to explain oh. that you were mucking about, or you'd have to carry the joke on, and like two years later, that you forgot you fucking did. So it was, um, <laughs> yeah, 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 that is a bit awkward. It got you in lots of trouble. I recently had a very similar thing happen, though, because um, in the first lockdown, um, I mean, we've talked about this quite openly, but I have a bit of an Amazon issue. Yes. Um, the sheer amount of stuff that I buy from Amazon. So um, I had an unmeasurable amount of cardboard. I didn't know what to do with it. Like my garage was overtook with it. I'd flattened it all, but there was so fucking much cardboard. And the the skip was shut, so I didn't know what to do with it. So eventually I had to find a company who would come pick it up because it was literally, it was ridiculous how much oh I had. God. So they came round and I had, and he was like, it was like, what's all this then? I was like, oh, I have, um, I have a business where I buy <laughs> um, uh, things uh. from companies and I resell them for a bit more money just to get away from the shame of having so much um, cardboard. That is a high-risk strategy when he could have gone, but aren't you Matt Willis from Busted? I've got a side hustle. I said a yeah, side fine. hustle, I think, were my words. Nice, oh, yeah. very good. So I buy things and I resell them for more money. Okay. <laughs> I buy Busted merch from unofficial and re- sources sign and I it sign and then it. and I resell it. <laughs> as Charlie and I sell it. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think about this, Matt? Do you think this is a, um, a good-bad thing or a bad-bad thing? I think this is really good-bad. I mean, the thing is that it's harming nobody. In fact, I think the person on the other end of the phone has had a lovely time talking to Derek as well. I've enjoyed meeting him. Yeah, me too. I think this is definitely a good-bad. I don't think this is bad at all. I agree. I think this is good-bad. I think it's the kind of thing that, Matt, you and I should probably do because, obviously, you do acting mm. and I very occasionally have to do voices and things like that. So it's good practice. If each time you're on the phone in a hotel, you do a different character... Yeah. I've only got two impressions, so that would really help me out as well. That would really expand my repertoire if I could order on the phone and just it's a different person each time. Don't when they pick up the phone, it comes up what room and name you're under, though. There you go, it's that Matt Edmondson again, <laughs> dicking around. <laughs> yeah, they do, don't they? I never thought about that. You both inspired me, though. Like, I'm actually now thinking how I must take it further one day. and I'm, I need to dress as Derek. I need to turn up with a walking cane, a flat cap. You do. I need to turn up. Because I think Derek's an elderly man from Yorkshire. Yeah. And even though he hasn't got a, a Yorkshire accent, he's a northern man. So I think I'm going to have to dress up as him next time. But you're right. I never thought about that. Of course, my room will flash up on my name. Yeah, you would. Yeah. I say it's Derek, I never say my surname, though. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's fine. But, I, you know, I, I love this. I'm going to start doing it more. I think this is really funny. Good, bad, all round. Yeah. yeah. Good, bad, definitely. Excellent. Can we have your next confession, please? My next confession is something I've been doing for a long, long time, as long as I can remember, and it's beat the flush. So what this is, I remember my dad picking me up on it as a kid and saying, what are you doing? So when I'm having a wee as a child, I used to midstream flush it and think, I wonder if I can finish my wee before the cistern has got all the water through. So instead of having a wee and then flushing the toilet, 
I will time it or try and time it. So I'm kind of like midway through the wee and I'll flush it. And I've always done it. And now I've become a father. I've become very skillful at it. So like in the middle of the night when I'm about to go and get the bottle or something like that, and I think oh, I better have a quick like, old man wee, it's three in the morning. Yeah. There's a couple of confessions within a confession. I go no handed, <laughs> which I, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing about everything down there. And that's skill. But I'll go no handed and I lean my head against the uh, the window in front or the wall and I'll just sort of try and keep only one eye. I don't want to wake up fully. Yeah, yeah, As yeah. you know, you know, being a dad, <laughs> it's like you don't want to wake up. So I'm sort of half awake, but I'll, I'll still try and beat the flush. So I'll literally... I'll time it. And you obviously have to time your different toilets accordingly, how quick or slow they flush. But yeah, midway through the Wii, hit the flush button and you have to have finished before the toilet has flushed. It's a weird thing I've always done. Oh my God. So it's essentially a game of Wii chicken. Yeah, Wii chicken or, or Danger Wii. Danger Wii, I love it. So mid Wii, you flush and you have to stop weeing before the water stops so that all the wee goes down. Yeah, because otherwise you've got half a pan full of half wee. Half a pan of wee and then you've got yeah, to wait so, to flush again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's a game. I'm just sat here thinking, of course you ended up an athlete. If that's what you're doing all the time, <laughs> that, is the, that is the most unnecessarily competitive way to urinate I've ever heard. Like, I wouldn't even think of yeah. turning that into a game that you can win. <laughs> so basically, what you're looking to do is win a wee. That's what you want to do. Yeah. Like if there were medals for weeing, you'd want it. Yeah. You 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 both will try this 100% when you get off this pod today. Absolutely. I guarantee you'll go and try. It's the first thing I'm going to do. It's addictive. And also try the no-handed wee as well and the lean wee. So like your hands do nothing apart from do the danger flush. So you, your hands are literally behind your back and you're leaning. It depends obviously the size of where your toilet is, but on my house, I lean against a wall like that. I've got one eye open, so I'm not even properly awake. And you can judge as well. You can judge the accuracy of your aim by the sound. Because obviously if you're splashing straight into water, you know you're in the middle of the toilet, so you're, you've got good position. Yeah. If you're hitting the side, the danger is you never want to hear the seat splash. Oh, if you're hitting yeah. the seat and your legs are getting wet, you're in trouble. I've got to ask though, yeah. if you are peeing with no hands, yep. how do you control? Because a draft could knock you off course, couldn't it? So is it all core? Is that, I mean, I'm not really a fit person, so I don't know. What like, do you mean the draft? Like if a, you know, a breeze comes in and it do blows- you live in the middle of a wind tunnel? Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I live in a, in a really old house. Have you got a paper, Willie? I mean, yeah, anyway, but like, what, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I was just trying to make a silly joke and it didn't really work. Um, but uh, what, um, like, how do you stop the, how do you stop it going everywhere when you are weeing no-handed? That's what I want to know. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't wee no-handed. Because that feels high risk. Practice. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Just okay. years of doing it. I, I think it's just <laughs> something, something I've learned to do, really. But um, as I said, it all goes off the sound. You know, if you're in a strategic position, if if it's a clean hit in water, right. you know you're like literally in the right part of the toilet. And if if you're not, then you've got to adjust your body. You can use your hands if you want, but I'd I recommend try one handed to start with, and then go no handed. Okay, okay. The timing of the flush is the key. Right. You've got more than one game built. You've got three games in one really. You've yeah. Got the, the one the one eyed wee. So you're not really looking. You've got the no hands because you're not holding and you're leaning on the wall and you've got beat the flush. It's the only time, you, the first time you use your hand is to do the flush. When you go to someone's house that you've never been to before and they've got a new toilet, you go, oh, a new challenge. And then you try and do it with a new toilet because you don't know the flush as well as you know your own one. Yeah, I'd only do the danger flush at a new house. I wouldn't go for the no hand and keep my eyes shut strategy. Yeah, yeah. But you do a danger flush right, every right. time you wee in a new toilet. Yeah, oh yeah. 
<laughs> Fair 100%. enough. 100%. Any, any Every toilet. Every time, fantastic. Do you get quite excited? You're like, oh, a new toilet to try out. I love it. I, just, I, just, I, I remember doing it as a child and I just thought it was a normal thing. I must have just tried it once and just thought, oh, this is quite fun. Competitive it's, it's pissing. more yeah. interesting than just having a wee. Absolutely amazing. So I want to know how someone who's done so well in sport feels when they lose the wee. <laughs> Matt, there is always another race. There's only a matter of time. I tell you, if I do lose, though, I will go and down a couple of pints of water so I can have, so I you can can have, have another, another go quickly. Oh my god! Yeah, I don't like lo- I don't like losing. You lot are a different breed. I love it so much. I find it so fascinating. Well, you say that Matt does this thing, and I mean, I don't want to. I mean, this sounds like we live together. Me saying this, Matt has competitive baths. So it's not a dissimilar sort of thing. Competitive bath. Explain your competitive bath. Well, okay, so the competitive bath basically is making it just under boiling. So basically it's as hot as you can possibly withstand. So you know when you put your foot in, you're like, oh, my God, that's unbearable. (laughs) That's where it has to be. So it's made my skin go red quite a few times. I do that. But then then I set a timer and I have to stay in there for 20 minutes because I read that like there's something to do with heat shock proteins that increase longevity, you know. Um, so um, I don't have a sauna. So what I do is I do the bath, but then I set the timer and it's so hard to stay in there. <laughs> Everything about you wants to get out. Have you done an ice bath then? Continue like the heat. Have you tried cold? Because ice baths are horrendous. I don't know if you've ever tried one. Um, I have never had the opportunity to try one, but I would love to try one. I would love to. Oh, it's not good. It, it, it's possibly a similar pain, so you might quite like it. Right. Because it is almost like a, burn, a burning sensation. But you know your hot theory? Yeah. Because I try and do that, and I'm probably not as good with you with the heat. So I will try and get in it as hot as I can. And, and one thing I hate is it's too hot, so I put some cold in, and then I get in, it's too cold then. Yeah. And then I've used the hot water up, and I can't get back to the right temperature. So. Oh, my God. That is, that is my nightmare. Yeah, I hate that. Have you got a thermometer? What, what's the hottest you've gone then? Because when my boy has a bath, we used to have this little thermometer we'd dip in the water to make sure it's not too hot. Oh, really? Oh, I don't know. I want one of those thermometers, though. Yeah, they're good. You just drop them in the bath, they float, and they would tell you, like... So I think for a child, it shouldn't be more than 36 degrees, I think. Right. I can't remember. I might be wrong. and burning children everywhere now. I'm hot. <laughs> but, um, yeah. It's like to say this podcast is not medical advice. <laughs> Please go <laughs> elsewhere for your medical advice. But, um, yeah, I don't know how hot I've been. It sounds to me like you, you like it really hot there. I- I've done it with... Um, I've literally had only the hot tap on and then for the last like kind of like two minutes I've put some cold in there um, to just take the actual burning off so you don't get burns because I'll put like um, like magnesium in it or some Epsom salts or something so kind of um, so I feel like it's it's doing more than it actually is when in fact it's now just become a mental toughness game I mean with this one I think this is I think this is unusual because also I'm going to say I I never stand up to have a wee ever. Like I always I use it as a little treat for myself. Ooh. Every time I have a wee, it's a little like it's a little moment to sit down and have two minutes away from every. I say everyone, my girlfriend and my cat. But I'm going to try it now. Like this is the kind of thing I do like. Mm. And you know what? I've got two different. You know, a big flush and a little flush. So I'm going to see. If I can oh, beat the, wow. I'm going to start with the big flush. I'm not going to go, I'm not going to go straight in. And then I'm going to go for the quick flush. Cause that is a really like 10 seconds. If that a flush. Oh, that's interesting. You're never going to beat. you're never beating the quick flush. You're not that, you're a brave man. If you go in with a quick flush. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I understand that I'm not a professional like you are with this, but I just love this because it's one of those things. If you said to someone, tell me you're an athlete without actually telling me you're an athlete. And then they told me this story. I go, <laughs> I bet you've, I bet you've done the Olympics. Like you, you've absolutely. You've got that streak in you of competitiveness with yourself. It's so good. I love this. This is great <laughs> bad, in my opinion. This is really funny. 
the, the only problem that's making this bad, bad for me is the fact that you flush the chain in the night. Um, in my house, there's a rule. In the nighttime, if it's yellow, let it mellow. If it's brown, flush it down. Fine. And, um, and if someone flushed the chain in the night in my house, I'd be like, what? <laughs> I'll backtrack now. I only, fl- depends. If I've come downstairs and I'm downstairs, I will do the flush game. If I'm upstairs, yeah, sorry, if I'm upstairs, I won't do it because it'll, w- it'll wake the baby. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying that. Oh, right. Okay. Well, then this is good, bad. And, um, and also, I cannot wait to play Wee Chicken. I am in. I'm so in. You could even turn this into um, a competitive sport with other people. Because you know when you go into a urinal and they go off and they're on a timer? You know, they go off every 10 minutes or Or with a flush? Yeah, with a flush in the urinal. You just wait, you go, right, it's going in 30 seconds. Like, three, two, one, lads, go! And we can all all do it. We could turn this into a competitive... The Olympics 2038 or whenever it's going to be, we'll make this a sport. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I think good, bad. Um, Yeah, I love this. Good, bad, all round. I love it. I I think it's definitely, definitely good, bad. Agreed. Love it. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. So, so far, you're doing quite well. Very well. Yeah. You know, we, we are a big fan of these. Can we move on to your final confession, please? Yeah. Um, you two are both quite a fair bit younger than me, so you might not get this or you might not be there in life yet, but I'm becoming my dad. I am turning into a grumpy old man and I never thought it would happen. So my dad is ex-military. He's very straight. He's very strict. And, you know, I go back to my parents' house and if someone parks literally opposite the house, not even touching, you know, their, their driveway... No double yellows. He'd leave a bloody printed out note on their car. Please do not park. You're obstructing my drive. That kind of guy. <laughs> I always said, Dad, don't do that. It's embarrassing. Yeah. But I've become that bloke. Oh, no. On my road, basically, if you park on that side of the road opposite to me, it's not a problem because there's a park at the end of my road. So quite a few people at the weekends park here. But if someone was to park on my side and make the road a bit zigzaggy, if you know what I mean, so cars have got to go through it. Yeah. I've become that bloke where I leave a little note or I wait for them to come back. I'll see them and I go, there they are. And I'll go, excuse me, you really shouldn't park there. Well, why not? There's no double yellows. 
But I have become that guy who moans about stuff and I don't want to be this guy, but I'm, I feel as I'm getting older, I'm a bit more judgmental. I'm a bit more moany. I need to let things go. But I, I think the confession is I'm slowly turning into my dad. Yeah, I mean, it does happen. Do you tell kids off in the street? Would you tell kids off if they're messing about at the park? No, not, not now I've got a child. Okay, fine, fine. In the past, I have been that bloke in Tesco's where I've seen a little kid kicking off and I've thought to myself, bloody hell, control your kid, spoiled little brat. But now I've got a kid who's hit two. Trust me, I love all parents. <laughs> you do not know what goes on in their little heads. Like their little tantrums, you know, Matt will tell you, it's, 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 it's hard work, isn't it? Yeah, do you find you get pleasure out of this as well? Do you enjoy it secretly? Being moany and like telling people off for parking. Do you, like when you see a car there, are you like, brilliant, I'm going to have this? So I don't, I, don't, I don't look for it, but I feel I'm quite critical. So say, I don't know, I'm on the road and someone doesn't indicate, I should just let that go because it's only going to stress me out. But I don't. I'll give it the old fucking dickhead, use your indicator, you know. And I've become that guy who moans and I don't like it about myself or someone on the motorway who sits in the middle lane. There's nothing on the inside. I'm like, bloody move over. The highway code says, unless you're overtaken, move over. Because now I've got to go out of lane to get I'm like that as well. Yeah, I don't like it. But the thing is, it gives me a real rush. Like, it's when I feel alive. (laughs) But like, if I'm in central London and someone stood on the left-hand side of the escalators, oh my God, that is a thrill. Oh yeah. And I see it and I go, that's going to make my day that I'm going to yell at I love telling people off for doing things wrong so like that I'm a bit moany but like oh like I pretend I don't like it but really when it's finished like my heart's beating adrenaline's running I'm like this is this is it this is my drug but my worry is with it at what stage do people look at me and go oh there's that moany old sod do you know what I mean because I don't want to be an old man and my problem is I'm like Peter Pan in my own mind yeah I still think I'm 24 and I can beat all of you in a street race I can't I'm 47 but I don't (laughs) want to be 47. In my mind, I'm still young, but the problem is me becoming my dad and being that grumpy old twat... Is confirming it. I'm confirming I'm getting old. You just need to lean into it more. I don't want to. I think, unfortunately, it it happens to us all. Because, um, and especially, um, I don't want to talk about lockdown, but I have noticed myself becoming a proper miserable prick in the last year. Like, literally, I, I, I'm, my patience and tolerance for everything in life is at 30% of what it was a few years ago. But I quite enjoy a moan and a whinge. If something happens where it can spark me to go into a rant or a moan and a whinge, I get some kind of weird pleasure out of this experience or spiraling out of control or maybe catastrophizing it in my head. And so, yeah, and the next thing you know, there'll be bloody... Like going, well, this is going to end in deaths. Yeah, this will definitely kill everyone. Oh, see, I find something like this happens, like a, a minor thing happens that upsets me, like someone say says something to me offhand at the supermarket or the gym and I have a little Barney about it. And by the time I get home and tell Sam about it, it is, I mean, the drama. There's <laughs> loads of bullshit in what I'm saying. Like I've really fleshed, I've really fleshed it out into a full routine um, quite often. Like, you know, yeah. and also quite often sometimes if something like that happens, if I'm going to see a few people that day, by the time it gets, like, I've worked it out. Like, I've done, like, new material gigs throughout the day to all my mates. And then by the time I get home to Sam, like, it's absolutely <laughs> brilliant. Like, I've workshopped it. <laughs> I'm not that miserable, but, like, I do love a moan. So you're saying, like, you're turning into your dad and, you know, you don't, you don't like it about yourself. I think just lean into it as much as possible. There's a lot of enjoyment to be had. I told off some teenagers for the first time the other week as well. Ooh, brave, brave. Really? What were they doing? Well, they were just like, they were obviously just like, they were picking on another kid. Like it might've been their mate or something, but they were kind of being a bit horrible. And I just went, oi, leave him alone. And they all went and stopped. And I was like, oh, I mean, that the power that gave You're me. You're brave. <laughs> you felt like a bully, didn't you, Matt? Where do you live? I live in Highgate. 
I think live in Highgate is fine. It's not dangerous. Oh. Like, yeah, I, I'm not an idiot. Like, I, I don't. It's need, absolutely like, fine. It was yeah. outside the forty-five thousand pound a year school. <laughs> like, I'm not a mug. <laughs> They're not going to hurt me. Like, one of them was statistically called Oscar, so it'll be fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they, they were posh. It's not a problem. Oh, I love it. I don't know why. I I love this. Yes, this is love like, it. I've I've come alive now. This part of the podcast, thinking about the next time I can do this to somebody and moan about something. I can't let it go though. I'll keep it going in my head like you do. I'll dramatize it and I'll be like, I can't. I still. I can't believe they part there, and, and I'm causing myself a little bit of stress by doing it. So I think, yeah, yeah. I think I, I'm good to moan. It's all right to get getting old, but I do need to have a shut off point where, like, I'm still at, in bed at midnight, ranting in my head, thinking that fucker parked where he, where he shouldn't park. You know, I've got I've got to let it go. But yeah. you don't think it's a bad thing, then? Look, I think you're in charge of your own destiny here. I think if you let it be a bad thing about you, but if you just go, I'm just going to wallow in this. I'm just going to like if you're doing it anyway, you might as well go. Yeah, I enjoy this. Just <laughs> lead into it. That's what I've done. <laughs> I've started to really enjoy it. I'm fully aware of what's happening right now. Like I'm turning into a. I, I don't know what it is. Like I hit a certain. I think it's thirty-seven. And I'm like, I think it's time to become a miserable old prick. Yeah. And I'm going to really lean into it and enjoy it for a little while. Absolutely. And then I'll become some hippie and become all zen and let it all go. But until then. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. I think, look, this is good, bad for me. This is my crack. This is great. Oh, Yeah, I'm into it too. Don't feel bad. Embrace it. Yeah, absolutely. This is good, bad. Oh, good, good. We've come to the end of your confessions. Thank you very much. Like, you've done pretty well there. How do you feel now you've got these off your chest? I feel really good, and I'm actually really happy and delighted. Both of you agreed with me, and yeah. it was all right. So, yeah, I, I, listen... I don't think I've led a bad life. I think there's a few confessions that I've got off my chest. But I think unofficially away from the podcast, when this is over, we'll all three of us have a pint and I'll tell you some more confessions and you'll be disgusted at me. I I would love that. That sounds (laughs) brilliant. (laughs) Thanks, mate. Absolutely amazing. Oh, thanks, guys. Honestly, thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed it. So there we have it. That was you and Thomas. Now, if you head over to our Patreon and sign up for the extra content over there, you can hear the listener confession, which I kind of have an affinity for this week because it's something that I also have done in the past as a little fantasy moment. I mean, it's a bit borderline psychopath, I think. Yeah, but you've got to think, Matt, the difference between us two is it's something you have actually done in real life and something that I can only aspire to. Right, right. Okay. I forget about that. That's the difference between us. You can do it and I can't. And if you want to hear what it is, head over to the Patreon now. I fucking love doing this podcast because it makes me feel so great about myself. Yeah, mate. Yeah, brilliant. Oh, I'm unemployed, sitting in my fucking house, my thumb up my ass. But Matt Richardson makes me feel like a winner. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, and um, on that note, uh, we'll see you next week. Guys, thank you very much for listening. Thanks very much. Peace out. See you next week. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 